Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is John Greenleaf Whittier's Maud Muller. Maud Muller tells a story, set during New England haying time a century ago, of a country girl, a handsome judge, in unexpected love. It's a fairly straightforward story, requiring no setup, so let's listen. Maud Muller by John Greenleaf Whittier Maud Muller on a summer's day raked the meadow sweet with hay. Beneath her torn hat glowed the wealth of simple beauty and rustic health. Singing she wrought, and her merry glee the mockbird echoed from his tree. But when she glanced the far-off town, white from its hill slope down, the sweet song died in a vague unrest, and a nameless longing filled her breast. A wish that she hardly dared to own for something better than she had known. The judge rode slowly down the lane, smoothing his horse's chestnut mane. He drew his bridle in the shade of the apple trees to greet the maid, and asked a draught from the spring that flowed through the meadow across the road. She stooped where the cool spring bubbled up and filled for him her small tin cup, and blushed as she gave it, looking down on her feet so bare and her tattered gown. Thanks, said the judge, a sweeter draught from a fairer hand was never quaffed. He spoke of the grass and the flowers and the trees, of the singing birds and the humming bees, then talked of the haying and wondered whether the cloud in the west would bring foul weather. And Maud forgot her briar-torn gown and her graceful ankles bare and brown, and listened while a pleased surprise looked from her long-lashed hazel eyes. At last, like one who for delay seeks a vain excuse, he rode away. Maud Muller looked and sighed. Ah, me, that I the judge's bride might be. He would dress me up in silk so fine and praise and toast me at his wine. My father should wear a broadcloth coat. My brother should sail a painted boat. I'd dress my mother so grand and gay, and the baby should have a new toy each day. And I'd feed the hungry and clothe the poor, and all should bless me who left our door. The judge looked back as he climbed the hill and saw Maud Muller standing still. A form more fair, a voice more sweet, ne'er has it been my lot to meet. And her modest answer and graceful air show her as wise and good as she is fair. Would she were mine and I today like her a harvester of hay. No doubtful balance of rights and wrongs, no weary lawyers with endless tongues, but low of cattle and song of birds, and health and quiet and loving words. But he thought of his sisters proud and cold, and his mother vain of her rank and gold. So, closing his heart, the judge rode on, and Maud was left in the field alone. 
But the lawyer smiled that afternoon when he hummed in court an old love tune, and the girl mused beside the well till the rain on the unraked clover fell. He wedded a wife of richest dower who lived for fashion as he for power. Yet oft in his marble hearth's bright glow he watched the picture come and go, and sweet Maud Muller's hazel eyes looked out in their innocent surprise. Oft when the wine in his glass was red, he longed for the wayside well instead, and closed his eyes on his garnished rooms to dream of meadows and clover blooms, and the proud man sighed with secret pain, Ah, that I were free again, free as when I rode that day where the barefoot maiden raked her hay. She wedded a man unlearned and poor, and many children played about her door. But care and sorrow and childbirth pain left their traces on heart and brain, and oft when the summer sun shone hot on the new-mown hay in the meadow lot, and she heard the little spring brook fall over the roadside through the wall in the shade of the apple tree again, she saw a rider draw his rein, and gazing down with timid grace, she felt his pleased eyes read her face. Sometimes her narrow kitchen walls stretched away into stately halls, the weary wheel to a spinet turned, the tallow candle an astral burned. And for him sat by the chimney lug, dozing and grumbling o'er pipe and mug, a manly form at her side she saw, and joy was duty and love was law. Then she took up her burden of life again, saying only it might have been. Alas for maiden, alas for judge, for rich repiner and household drudge. God pity them both and pity us all, who vainly the dreams of youth recall. For of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. Ah, well, for us all some sweet hope lies deeply buried from human eyes, and in the hereafter angels may roll the stone from its grave away. Some of you might have recognized a familiar line toward the end of this poem. For of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these it might have been. Familiar words, even to those who've never read or even heard of Maud Muller. They might strike you as sentimental, and that's what those who wish to write more modern poetry perhaps most rejected in the fireside poets. But what should be the subject of poetry if not the sentiments of the heart? When we are critical of sentimentality, it may be that what we really object to is dishonesty, the dishonesty that fails to assess the world properly, a dishonesty that weakens rather than strengthens us. If so, I don't think Maud Muller is guilty. It's rather startlingly honest about the lives of its two protagonists, the actual women in the judge's life, his mother, his sisters, his wife, 
are none too attractive, concerned as they are with rank and wealth and fashion. We may expect this as a convention of poetry and fiction that wishes to celebrate simpler values than are found among the rich. But then the husband of Maud Muller is no more attractive. He is at best a lump by the fireside, dozing and grumbling or pipe and mug. Whittier was familiar with country life, but he wasn't sentimental about it. Which takes us back to the judge, who is sentimental about it. He imagines himself a farmer, a harvester of hay, content with a cup of water from a spring. But while this is the unrealistic life he imagines for himself as he sighs over Maud Muller, it isn't the life she imagines for herself as the judge's bride. She imagines instead an elegant life and nice things for herself and her family as the wife of a judge. At the same time, she imagines herself a benefactress of the poor, loved by all, though life offers us few, if any, examples of such a judge's wife. Are we really meant to sentimentally imagine that they could have been happy if they'd married? Not only are their imaginings unrealistic, they aren't even the same, he imagining himself a farmer and she a judge's wife. But if in thinking they might have been happy together, we aren't being honest about life, while Whittier is being honest, what wistful thought are we meant to have? For Maud Muller, the poem is unquestionably wistful. We wish for something for these two lovers, for they are lovers, however brief their meeting. But what do we wish for them? Our wish for them must be an honest wish, for then we can have it for ourselves as well. Let's listen again. Maud Muller by John Greenleaf Whittier Maud Muller on a summer's day raked the meadow sweet with hay. Beneath her torn hat glowed the wealth of simple beauty and rustic health. Singing she wrought, and her merry glee the mockbird echoed from his tree. But when she glanced the far-off town, white from its hill slope down, the sweet song died in a vague unrest, and a nameless longing filled her breast. A wish that she hardly dared to own for something better than she had known. The judge rode slowly down the lane, smoothing his horse's chestnut mane. He drew his bridle in the shade of the apple trees to greet the maid and asked for a draft from the spring that flowed through the meadow across the road. She stooped where the cool spring bubbled up and filled for him her small tin cup, and blushed as she gave it, looking down on her feet so bare and her tattered gown. Thanks, said the judge, a sweeter draught from a fairer hand was never quaffed. He spoke of the grass and the flowers and the trees, of the singing birds and the humming bees, then talked of the haying, and wondered whether the cloud in the west would bring foul weather. And Maud forgot her briar-torn gown and her graceful ankles bare and brown, and listened while a pleased surprise looked from her long-lashed hazel eyes. 
At last, like one who for delay seeks a vain excuse, he rode away. Maud Muller looked and sighed. Ah, me, that I the judge's bride might be. He would dress me up in silk so fine and praise and toast me at his wine. My father should wear a broadcloth coat. My brother should sail a painted boat. I'd dress my mother so grand and gay, and the baby should have a new toy each day. And I'd feed the hungry and clothe the poor, and all should bless me who left our door. The judge looked back as he climbed the hill and saw Maud Muller standing still. A form more fair, a face more sweet, ne'er has it been my lot to meet. And her modest answer and graceful air show her as wise and good as she is fair. Would she were mine and I today, like her, a harvester of hay. No doubtful balance of rights and wrongs, no weary lawyers with endless tongues, but low of cattle and song of birds, and health and quiet and loving words. But he thought of his sisters proud and cold, and his mother vain of her rank and gold. So, closing his heart, the judge rode on, and Maud was left in the field alone. But the lawyer smiled that afternoon when he hummed in court an old love tune. And the girl mused beside the well till the rain on the unraked clover fell. He wedded a wife of richest dower who lived for fashion as he for power. Yet oft in his marble hearth's bright glow he watched the picture come and go, and sweet Maud Muller's hazel eyes looked out in their innocent surprise. Oft, when the wine in his glass was red, he longed for the wayside well instead, and closed his eyes on his garnished rooms to dream of meadows and clover blooms, and the proud man sighed with secret pain, Ah, that I were free again! free as when I rode that day where the barefoot maiden raked her hay. She wedded a man unlearned and poor, and many children played about her door. But care and sorrow and childbirth pain left their traces on heart and brain. And oft, when the summer sun shone hot on the new-mown hay in the meadow lot, and she heard the little spring brook fall over the roadside, through the wall, in the shade of the apple tree again, she saw a rider draw his rein, and, gazing down with timid grace, she felt his pleased eyes read her face. Sometimes her narrow kitchen walls stretched away into stately halls, the weary wheel to a spinet turned, the tallow candle an astral burned, and for him sat by the chimney lug, dozing and grumbling over pipe and mug, a manly form at her side she saw, and joy was duty and love was law. Then she took up her burden of life again, saying only, it might have been. Alas for maiden, alas for judge, for rich repiner and household drudge. God pity them both, and pity us all, 
who vainly the dreams of youth recall. For of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. Ah, well, for us all some sweet hope lies deeply buried from human eyes, and in the hereafter angels may roll the stone from its grave away. These closing lines deserve some thought before we leave Maud Muller. Ah, well, for us all some deep hope lies deeply buried from human eyes, and in the hereafter angels may roll the stone from its grave away. Whittier was a deeply religious person. As we'll see in a future poem, Longfellow considered Whittier profoundly spiritual, yet neither the theology of Whittier's Quakerism nor that of any other Christian belief posits an afterlife that's an alternative universe in which our hopes are realized. I don't imagine Whittier believed so himself. Yet again, I think he suggests something here that's true to both the human heart and the afterlife, even if I don't quite know what. I hope you enjoyed Maud Muller, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the Fireside.